following podcast contains spoilers for Mr. Right. You have been warned. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Borden, along with your host, Miguel Magusto. Two hosts? What's up with that? Mm-hmm, that's crazy. Uh, what's up with that? <laughs> duo, duo trouble. Yeah, that was what? a terrible attempt at a Seinfeld impression. <laughs> is that what that... What is up with these duos? <laughs> Airline penis, what's up with that? <laughs> Airline um, penis? Peanuts, peanuts, oh, pe- oh, peanuts. Okay, okay, Sorry, okay. that's my southeastern Pennsylvanian accent coming Disgusting. back to haunt me. Uh, <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> I'm not doing bad. Mike, listen, you know okay. I'm terrible at watching movies, right? It's true, it's true. Like in my free time, I just don't do it. And I know what you're saying. Glenn, you're kind of a movie critic. Shut up. Get away from me. I want you to <laughs> guess how many I watched this week, knowing that I'm terrible. Knowing that you're terrible. I know you watched at least one because it was we we had to for this podcast. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm, would not be mm-hmm. recording if you didn't watch at least one. Uh, I'm gonna be optimistic and say four, including Mr. Ray. So a total of five, not bad, not bad. What if I told no, you in, seven and a half? Including including Mr. Ray, oh, seven and oh. a half. Seven and a half. So you watched half a movie. What was the half a movie? I'm interested uh, in what you were just like. This isn't worth my time. Well, it was more of like, hey, I just fell asleep in the middle of it. Oh, okay. Uh, the Sisters Brothers was the half. Oh, okay. So I gotta, I gotta pick up the other half of that. Soon. Joaquin Phoenix and John C. Riley as mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. brothers with the last name Sisters. Yes, or sir. sister. Uh, yeah, I saw that uh, when it was in theaters um, a few, a couple years ago. I think it was two thousand. Was it a year ago or two years ago? I think it was two thousand eighteen. It came out. Jeez. Um, Time flies, man. Because I remember yeah. being in Virginia when it was released. Yeah, yeah, I'm pr- I'm pretty sure it was 2007 or 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I saw it at the uh, AMC in in Mall. Yeah, um, I saw a couple movies that day, and that was the last one to- I watched. Uh, okay. What'd you think of that? Or we, I, what'd you think of what you watched? Well, watched of it? Um, honestly, I, I didn't. I wasn't really into it. As far as uh, that's probably why I fell asleep. But yeah, I should watch the whole thing over and give it another chance. Considering I was a sleepy boy when I watched yeah. it. Yeah, I, I will say this: it, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie, but it was a bit of a letdown because mm-hmm. I expected more from it. But I do think yeah. you should give it a, a second chance, or at okay. least fast forward, you know, to what you remember, and then watch from then on. Yeah. Um But it it is a decent movie. It's just I I feel it could have been a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, this week was, was really weird for me for movies. It was basically kind of an accidental Scarlett Johansson and John C. Riley week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first movie I watched, which has neither of them, is uh, Lady Bird. So I watched Lady Bird right after we did the review for uh, last week's. Is that your first time watching? Uh, yes, it was. What'd you think? I ch- I've been trying to watch all new movies for me. Uh, I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Yeah, it's one of my... Uh more favorite movies of the past five years probably yeah i mean this this is gonna sound like it's not that big of a deal but it is it's probably in my top 50 in the past five years so i mean that's a pretty big deal yeah that's i mean i see like hundreds of movies a year so yeah um 
what 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 else? I don't know what that uh, was. What else? What 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 else? Um, <laughs> the other one I watched was Ninth Gate, which I had seen bits and pieces of. I thought That's it was really Johnny good. Depp, it's right? got Johnny Depp. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked it for its more detective-y um, type movie, more than mm-hmm. its more praise the devil demonic type. Uh, I want to raise him from hell type thing. <laughs> um, I thought that was good. Uh, the next one that I watched was Magnolia, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, um, that's uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's mm-hmm. first or second feature film. I can't remember. It's one of his early question. ones, though, with uh, John C. Riley, uh, Tom Cruise, Philip Seymour Hoffman, whole mm-hmm. bunch of people. Julianne Moore, a whole lot. There's Julianne a lot Moore. of people. Yeah, uh, I, I was really enjoying it, and then frogs fell out of the sky and i was like yeah. what <laughs> that is really when it turns uh i i need to rewatch that i've only seen it the one time and i kind of had the same reaction where i was just like what is going on but like it, it, i feel like i i really enjoyed it for the most part but i feel yeah. like it's a movie that grows on you when you know what to expect from it same um yeah. yeah it was i was like really i was like oh this is like crash but crash came after this uh where like everybody's stories are kind of like connected in mm-hmm. some way and then yeah. the frogs thing happened. I'm like, okay, what's happening now? <laughs> and then I, I, it, was, it was a good movie. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed it overall. Yeah, and then, by uh, far, it's Tom Cruise's best performance, in my opinion. Like, yeah. Tom Cruise, Tom oh, Cruise man, is incredible was, in that. Like, um, he was when, hot when, as they... Oof. Yeah, when, when oh, he's... I gotta fan uh, myself off. I think he's... he's I, I think he's saying goodbye to his dying father. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like, Philip Seymour Hoffman's, like, his father's nurse in there, and he he's reacting to tom cruise's monologue essentially or reaction i can't remember the exact thing but like essentially that was philip seymour hoffman's actual reaction to tom cruise because he didn't know that tom cruise could act so well and that's the thing about tom cruise he's a good actor he just chooses to do fun movies which there's nothing wrong with that but i would love to see him try to pick more complex roles yeah his his really more dramatic roles are really really good and yeah definitely wish he would do more of them but uh, yeah, so so there was that. Um, the next one was forgetting or forgetting uh, forget Paris, which is Billy Crystal and Deborah Winger, and like a romantic comedy. I thought it Ooh. was good. Uh, but the problem with this movie is that like it was one of those movies where like it's telling a story from another person. So like mm-hmm. these these two this couple sitting down telling the story about this other couple, which is Billy Crystal and uh, Deborah Winger's relationship. And like, if it didn't have that aspect, if it was just literally Billy Crystal and Deborah Winger's relationship instead of somebody yeah. telling the story of their relationship, this movie would have been ten times better, hundred times maybe. Yeah, it sounds. But like that's it. just me. It's a '90s movie. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, Billy Crystal's obviously just, just a charmer, just a mm-hmm. just a beautiful man. Mm-hmm. And Deborah Winger's just amazing in it too. Other than that, it's a good mm-hmm. movie. Kind of forgettable though. Uh, and here's the other Scarlett Johansson movie, Under the Skin. Figured I'd finally watch this. Uh, a lot of people only watch this for one reason. Uh, mm-hmm. A pathetic <laughs> reason, but also, yeah. I get it. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, I thought it was thought it was good. Um, it was really... If you're not watching it for that reason specifically, it really kind of tells a solid story about, like, aliens, like, learning human, like, behavior and everything like that. Yeah. Like, it's actually really cool yeah. besides just the obvious nude scene that a lot of people just watched it for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was good. Um, yeah. after that, 
the next Scarlett Johansson movie, Marriage Story, which I thought was a phenomenal movie. Oh, yeah, that's great. Um, because I had only watched that. You Everybody knows that argument scene by now, basically. It yeah, was all it's, over it's, the Internet two months ago. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really a showcase in some of like two of the best young actors of our time at the moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm glad that that particular I mean, that that part has been memed a little bit, but the actual it's more screenshots. It's not so much like the actual scene, like yeah. like uh, the the downfall German Nazi Adolf Hitler <laughs> redubbing or re subtitling. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a really powerful scene. Yeah, and then watching the movie with all the context of that scene, you're like, oh my god! These oh yeah, two are it's amazing. It's so much more powerful when you know exactly what they've been through. And the thing I love most about Marriage Story is that it doesn't really pick a side. Like, at first, it seems like more the guy side because you kind of understand why he's confused that all this is happening. Then you kind of see that, like, oh, yeah, he is kind of unintentionally controlling, but controlling nonetheless. And, like, it goes back and forth between who you are rooting for. And then it it just it kind of just swells into this this crescendo that you're just like, I just want them to be able to co-parent together and be able to be mm-hmm. able to be in the same room. It's really a beautiful movie about divorce, even though it's called marriage yeah, story. Re- so, it really is. So it's really, if especially you if you're it. like a child of divorce, it's really tough. Like yeah. watching this type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can imagine. Yeah. And then I'm like, not a, I'm not a child a of divorce. So. Yeah. You're a very lucky man. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, and then the last one I watched was Ben is Back with uh, Julia Roberts and Lucas Hedges. Uh, I thought it was okay. Um, you you really... I don't know if you watched it or not. I don't want to spoil it for uh, you I anyway. Feel, I feel... I don't think I have, but like I have vivid memories of it, but I think that's just from seeing the trailer so many times. Yeah. Um, um, it kind of goes this one way for the first half of the movie, and then it goes mm-hmm. like a different way and the second half of the movie is kind of just dumb yeah and not how you expect it to go but like not in a good way definitely um i thought it was okay i love julia roberts she's like Mm -hmm. she was like my childhood crush for so long (laughs) i was like i love her she's so pretty yeah but okay that was that was really it to be honest other than sister brother which i need to finish with you not being someone that watches a lot of movies all the time and mm-hmm. having watched that many, me being someone who has watched a lot of movies all the time, how many do you think I've watched, including Mr. Right? Three. Nailed it. Boom. Including Mr. Right, I watched three, so I've only watched two other movies. This week, I kind of just, with with being locked inside and not really being able to do anything but watch movies, I've kind of just been like, wanting to do other things which is weird it's fucking weird i yeah. don't know what to do so like we're we're going um, opposite directions <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i, like, I, I imagine I have... this will i was just gonna say I, I imagine this will change and i'll get back to watching movies yeah but like i got a new smoker this this weekend and oh yeah you know i've actually been spending time with my wife which is unheard of uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, I've just been kind of like wanting to do other things and, and only watching movies like maybe one day a week. Um, mm. But I watched two foreign films. Uh, the first is uh, a 1969 French film from director Jean-Pierre Melville called Army of Shadows. Uh, it's a, essentially like a espionage thriller about the French resistance during World War II. Uh, it's one of those like 
unheard stories. It's it's loosely based on truth. None of the characters are real people. From what I know, I could be incorrect. It's like a combination of real people. So, like, what happens in this happened but didn't happen, if that makes sense. Um, and it's it's just a really well-done, intense espionage thriller about the, the World War II and the French Resistance, which is not something you really hear of much when you're an, you know, an American citizen, um, yeah. which is it's really cool. I highly suggest Army of Shadows. And then I watched a Russian film by uh, Andrei Tarkovsky, another Andrei Tarkovsky film, uh, Ivan's Childhood, which is about... I want to say it's World War II. I don't think they ever really mention or show swastikas. Yes, you kind of just assume. I assume it's World War II uh, because it's kind of somewhat based on Andrei Tarkovsky, his childhood of growing up in Russia during the war. Um, mm-hmm. He, I don't think he ever did anything like this, but it's essentially like this this Russian kid who is being used by the Russian army. He's an orphan, so like there's no parents that are telling him to stop. He's he's being used by the Russian army to infiltrate the Germans. And it's really really interesting and, and intense. Uh beautifully shot. Um it's 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 an Andre Tarkovsky movie, so parts of it are slow movie, but I, I really I really enjoyed it and I highly suggest it. Um Okay. But yeah, those are the two movies I watched other than Mr. Right. Uh, I'm hoping I'll have more to talk about next week. But, you know, we're already at... Hey, listen, you got that smoker. 40 minutes, I'd, so. be, I'd be smoking yeah. it up. I haven't, I haven't made anything yet. I just put it together, which yeah. didn't take that long. But like then I had to I had to let it run for like two hours. But it's, I can't wait. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But, I'm excited uh, for you, to be honest. Yeah, that's... Uh, well, once this is, is all over, I'll cook, uh, smoke some brisket for you. Yes. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, that's it for the movies we watched today. Let's get into some news. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Did you want to go first? You want me to? Uh, I can go first. It's fine. Okay, yeah. What's your Um, news? So, so with uh, everybody knows at this point, the uh, the whole Tiger King Netflix documentary series is, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a thing. Um, And now they are already in the works of creating a show for it, basically. Uh, a, a TV series, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're already eyeing up people, and I think they confirmed that they already now have one for specifically Joe Exotic. Um, there's been a lot of uh, theories of who it could be or like who people wanted it to be, but now we know for sure yeah. it is Nicolas Cage. Honestly, I can't think of anyone else now. Like, I never thought of yeah. him in the running, but he's the only person crazy enough. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Um, I'm very interested. I'm kind of over the Tiger King thing by now. Like, it was good, yeah. but now it's just like I'm kind of over it. I I even started watching that that new episode where they kind of caught up with everyone, and I was just like, I don't yeah. really care. Like, yeah. I don't care how everyone's doing right now. It's, it's, yeah, it I was, feel it like was, they tried was, to make it a bigger thing than it was. Yeah, it was a really good documentary series, but now it's just like, okay, I'm over it, and yeah. I want to move on. But now we're getting a TV series from it. And honestly... I had I had people who like I was like oh maybe this person could play uh, Joe Exotic but Nick Cage if they let him be crazy he will be crazy oh yeah if they don't try to control him too much it'll be hilarious mm-hmm. um so I'm I'm not gonna lie I'm a little uh little excited for this they are basically the same age too I looked that up yesterday uh, I think oh, Joe yeah. Exotic is fifty seven and Nick Cage is fifty six yeah so it's, like it's pretty funny. 
Yeah. Um, I, I kind of wonder how that show would have done if it wasn't right at the beginning of beginning of so many people having a stay at home order. Yeah. Like I, I still think it probably would have been popular, but not as popular. Yeah. Like, so uh, make, like what was it? Making a murder or whatever. It was, yeah. it was huge for a while. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it would have been like that, but it kind of died off after like the second season came out. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like that's what's going to happen if they keep milking this series as long as they will. They're gonna it's milk just going it to die out. It, it's dry up, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Nicolas Cage as Joe Exotic in the Tiger King series. Um, the news that I have is slightly better. came out on... on uh, I don't want to say better. Yeah, yeah, it's better. In my opinion, it's better. <laughs> so it's better. <laughs> <laughs> so on May the 4th, May the 4th be with you, uh, Taika, it was announced that Taika Waititi is going to direct a new Star Wars film. Uh, there's not too many details about it yet, um, other than that it will be co-written between Taika Waititi and 1917 screenwriter uh, Christy Wilson Cairns, um, who is a really talented writer, and you know I think she was nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, she was nominated for an Oscar. And honestly, this is probably the best news that could have come out for star Wars in general, you know, star Wars after force awakens and the excitement of that, it just has really only gone downhill from there. Uh, we got a little bit of a a bump from the Mandalorian show, which Which he did direct one of the episodes, which was cool. Two, two of the four episodes that are worth anything are directed by him. Um, yeah, that, that's a 50, 50 show where 50% of it is completely unnecessary. And then 50% mm-hmm. of it's really good. Um, and I I hope that they kind of, ex, you know, keep it to a better ratio than that. Because that middle part of the series was rough to get through. Um, but yeah, Taika Waititi's directing a Star Wars film. And I, I believe you said that there's a lot of people angry about it because he's yeah, they're worried he's going to make a, a comedy out of it. There's for sure a good handful of people that are kind of upset that he's doing it because... Mm-hmm. Uh, just like Thor with what happened with when like they were doing that is Thor was really serious and then it turned into a comedy, which if anybody likes any of the Thors, they're going to like Ragnarok because it was hilarious. And yeah, I mean, the that's best the other one all of I them. like. Yeah. Um, and I, same with Mace or like for us, at least the Mandalorian, the last two episodes were probably one of the like two of the best episodes only because he brought the charm into it oh, yeah. and like and yeah, the thing like, that people don't realize that about they were more original yeah the thing that people don't realize about him is yes he's mainly known for comedy but what he does better than anyone really is balance comedy and drama like jojo mm-hmm. rabbit can have you laughing your ass off in one minute and the very next minute like you're crying like it, it, he handles the balance really well so i'm confident that he, uh he'll do a good job yeah, I, th- I think so, too. Um, it's, It all mainly depends on the criteria that they want him to make. Like, yeah. I don't know what the hell they're going to make him, like, have, like, create. Like, it could be anything. <laughs> yeah, only time will tell. Yeah, after Rise of the Skywalker, and, you know, I know they're doing the Obi-Wan series, so, like, he's probably not going to be a part of that. They're redoing the Mandalorian series. It's all fresh from here. So starting him off would be a nice, like, fresh take for Star Wars. Absolutely. So that does it for movie news. Let's jump into the review of Mr. Right. 
Hi. Hey. Supposed to be in Milwaukee killing your husband. So why are you here? Murder's wrong, Sharon. But you're a hitman. Nobody's perfect. Was I cheating on you? Maybe. I don't know how this keeps happening. Do I just suck? No! Am I just like, oh, oh. suck ball, McGee? You're just a work in progress, babe. Oh. How'd you do that? It's a lot of condoms. Glenn, no. take it away. All right, Mr. Wright. Oh boy. Mr. Wright, a girl falls for the perfect guy who happens to have a very fatal flaw. He's a hitman on the run from the crimes cartel who enjoy who enjoy him. Yeah, not employ. Enjoy. You were so close. I was so really close. fucking close. <laughs> um, directed by Paco Cabezas, um, written by Max Landis, stars Anna Kendrick, Sam Rockwell, Tim Roth, uh, Riz is in there, James uh, Ransone, uh, Anson Mount, there's a, there's a good amount of people in here. Um, where do we begin on this? Um, well, I want to so, I want to begin with what you told me, what you texted me while you were watching it. <laughs> which I want to try to like text you more during these movies because I usually yeah, forget mid review. It, it definitely helps us to talk about. But you texted me, and I in in retrospect, actually I had watched it before you texted me. But I yeah. feel you might feel the same way. In retrospect, you texting me, I'm so sorry, since this is your pick, <laughs> might have been an overreaction or at least an early reaction. Yeah. Because in, in my opinion, this movie's not terrible, but the beginning no. is terrible. The first like it, easily 20 minutes is just bad. Yeah, it's a really bad first 20 minutes. Uh, it does pick up. Um, you know, yeah. I, I feel like it, it has a strong start with Sam Rockwell going and, and say like telling that woman that he's supposed to be killing her husband, but murder's wrong and he kills her instead to show that he's like a hypocrite and all that. Um, and kind of give you an idea of his morals. Uh, but then immediately after that is this fight that is unnecessary. I don't want to say it's unnecessary, but it's too drawn out and, and, the intercuts between him and Tim Roth is kind of cringy. Yeah. Um, where, you know, crin uh, uh, oh, Tim I, Roth. I liked her. Oh, I liked her. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 it's really. It's a cake. It was very, very weird. Yeah. It's very weird. Very. That, that's the best way to phrase it. It's weird. It's not bad. It's just weird. And then Anna Kendrick's introduction is completely bad, in my opinion. Like. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just a terrible sequence with her finding out that her boyfriend's dump or cheating on her, trying to have a three way. She doesn't want to have a three way. And then she's like in a closet crying. It's a very cringy first 20 minutes. Um, for And it felt forever. Like, I, I was with you. I, I probably, if you text me while I was watching it in the first 20 minutes, I probably would be like, yeah, what did you do? But it does get better. Yeah, so like, <laughs> I'm trying to read like the messages. Like, the, the, so I think the chemistry between Anna Kendrick and Sam Rockwell was good. Like, they, yeah. they, it was fun. Uh, they kind of like terribly wrote out a lot of things in this movie but i think for sure anna kendrick's character was one of the worst things they did because she didn't really have a personality she was kind of just like i i do things i i think for myself i i'm i do fun things and just mm -hmm. like 
just the things everyone would say and just the the writing in this movie period was terrible yeah like if i swear to god if it wasn't if they changed the writing this movie would be solid like could actually be solid which is interesting because Max Land is is a pretty I don't want to say he's a good writer, but he's 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 done I feel like he's done better. Or maybe I'm thinking of his dad. <laughs> I might be yeah, thinking I think of his dad. I think you're thinking of his dad because uh I don't yeah, think what he's done. Yeah, I'm looking at good. his his uh his filmography, it's not that great. Um mm-hmm. but I can't remember what his dad's name is, something Landis. Oh wait, was um, this uh John Landis, just the John John Landis has is a pretty big producer and director. He's, uh, you know, he's directed the Blues Brothers. He he directed. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is exactly what I'm thinking of. Cool. Yeah. Continue. Yeah, he, he's he's directed a lot of stuff. Trading Places. He's a lot of good '80s comedies. Uh, Animal House. He directed. Mm-hmm. Just American an American Werewolf in London, which is just a great movie. It's not like even a, a comedy. It's it's kind of a comedy, but it's just a, it's a great horror movie and yeah. uh i just feel like i mean i don't want to say max landis is a bad writer but he's not a strong writer he no. he he has good ideas but doesn't know how to execute them uh, at least in how his scripts are translated into film there could be like a whole bunch of changes and his scripts could be better than what's actually shot but you know too many directors change what he does to something that's just not that strong uh, so the story that I have is, uh, so I don't know how many years ago, this might be like five or six years ago, uh, Max Landis and Kevin Smith were like guest, uh, guest stars on a YouTube series, uh, on screen junkies where they basically like have to come in and debate like certain things, like certain topics of like, Oh, what their choice is for like, Oh, certain topic, like, Oh, what the best movie of all time or like just random topics. And like mm-hmm. Kevin Smith was like, kind of complimenting um max landis on how like his like father would made like these great films in history and max landis would you could clearly see him getting pissed off because uh he he clearly thinks his own writing is better than his father's and hates that like everybody compares him and his father at all together i mean i definitely get that but like you you have to acknowledge the talent of his father like if if yeah if uh, John Landis was my father, I'd have to acknowledge that. Um, but like it just seemed I, like he I was throwing like a temper like tantrum in the series, though. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that's rough. And and Kevin Smith, I I know he, despite what anyone thinks of Kevin Smith, I feel like he's a genuine, genuinely good dude, and just mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, he 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 says what he's thinking without thinking of how someone might react to it. Yeah. Um and and never means to be malicious. I feel like he he's had too many people be mean to him where he's just he he would never want to do that to someone else. Um and of course I'm speculating. I don't know him personally. That's just yeah. how I read him. Just it just um, seems what it seems to be. Yeah, so like I could see him like actually thinking that this would compliment him. Uh which you know, it kind of should have like you, you know, oh thank you very much, you know, he, yeah, he is a talented guy, but uh yeah, I I think I remember that video a little bit. <laughs> And I'm. I hope Max never hears this because I don't want to be mean. But I feel like Max has a long way to go to be his, like, same level of his father. 
I mean, he's got he's got good stuff. It's just this yeah. one specifically that we're talking about is just horrific. And if the writing specifically in this movie was changed, I think this would be a much better movie altogether. Um, yeah. But, uh, but anyway, the, moving from Max Landis for sure. Yeah. I, I do think that it was really well cast. I think all the actors play well off of each other. Yeah. Um, when when the dialogue is good, it is good, and they they perform it well. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said, it just takes a good 20, 30 minutes to actually get moving. Uh, yeah. and, and up until then, it really made me want to turn it off. I'm glad I didn't because there are some funny parts. Uh, mm-hmm. The dynamic between RZA and Sam Rockwell is by far my favorite part of the entire film. I was going to say, for, for sure for me, RZA was the best part of the movie. Oh, yeah. RZA plays uh, – you should have watched this if you're listening to this, but if you haven't, RZA plays this, this guy who's hired to – go on like this ambush of Sam Rockwell's character and mm-hmm. they uh the people who hired him give him like this shitty shotgun and the shotgun like backfires and and everything and they just have this really funny exchange where you can just tell like they're just like I, I don't want to do this you know it's just it is what it is there, there's <laughs> between them it's nothing personal and they actually like become friends towards the end it's yeah. really funny uh yeah I, I really enjoyed that part yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, why did they even give him the shotgun in the first place? Like they didn't want him to have anything else but the shotgun. They, that's the thing. That is where it becomes weak. Granted, it could have been in a deleted scene, but I feel like Max Landis does this a lot, where he never acknowledges things that seem like they should be acknowledged. Like, yeah, why did they give him a super old shotgun when they had a like? It just seems like he wrote it in to be a joke. But there's no reason for that joke. Yeah, they, they um, like, had him. They had him grab a double barrel shotgun. It backfired, and then when later in the movie, like he'll be like, "You had an M16 automatic with laser sights sitting yeah. here, and you gave me an Elma Fudd shotgun." Yeah, and it's 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 something that could have been just simple, like where they're just like, you know, and honestly, I thought this is where they're going with it, where they're just like he can dodge bullets, which is ludicrous, but he can in the movie. Like he can dodge yeah. bullets. We're trying to like widen the spread so it's harder for him to dodge, yeah. and they, it's just never, never even mentioned. Um, yeah, I mean, he didn't dodge it, but yeah, it, it was yeah. not even mentioned that it, it, that was a plan. Uh, a big thing that bothered me about this, which it's not just with this movie, it's with a lot of violent comedies. No one ever seems to be affected by the violence they're doing. Like yeah. Anna Kendrick just kills a guy and is just completely fine with it. Kills like two guys. And I'm not saying she should regret it, but like that it would scar someone if it was their first person. Yeah, or the only, first time to kill. Oh, for sure. The only thing that I saw from it is now she's kinda like murder hungry. And that's that's yeah. all that happened. She just got murder hungry because yeah, her boyfriend's which, a hitman. And and I know it's like absurd. And the, the, again, it's not exclusive to this movie but i would like there to be some form of change and not just like oh yeah i love killing people because you know while she is depicted as crazy she also when she first sees sam rockwell kill someone she's deeply affected by it and it's not just Mm -hmm. fear it's just like how could you do it like it's 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 a moralistic thing so suddenly she's immoral like immoral after she kills one guy it just it just doesn't play well, in my opinion. I feel like it, Listen, it could have been a lot better. With Sam Rockwell dodging bullets, I think Anna Kendrick took the blue pill in this movie for sure. <laughs> because she just she started, she dodged a bullet, and she just started catching knives right off the bat. Like yeah, she, just catching knives because you know after freaking the out current. 
Yeah. The current. Which is essentially uh, midichlorians, but for the real world. Yeah, apparently. pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, overall, this I don't think this movie is great. Um, I think it definitely picked up. I did laugh at it at some parts. Uh, but I think it's just too cringy for the most part, where it's just... It's not my thing. I I understand why people do enjoy it because we had a, a lot of people liking it. Got a few comments on our Instagram post about it. Um, with uh, yeah, let's see. So Jennifer Wilson said, "Love this flick, but I'm obsessed with Sam Rockwell and think Kendrick is so <laughs> precious." I rewatched the beginning elevator scene religiously. Uh, Sonia said, "This movie is actually really cool. Sam Rockwell is firing it." And movie gag seems to agree with us, where it's just an okay movie. Um, so yeah, clearly I mean, it's, it's mixed, mixed bag. It's, it's got its audience. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to like bash people. People like bad romantic comedies. This yeah. is for sure. One of them. Uh, at one point I sent you a message saying, did they really have to like stab people in the ass and the bottom of the foot? <laughs> like not, yeah. not like in the ass, like the tailbone, like the most, like the most uncomfortable things that they would film, like, Sam Rockwell would stab a dude in the tailbone when the dude's bent over and then stab a guy in the bottom of the foot. I'm just like, did I need to see that? Why can't you just stab him like a normal person? Ow. Cause that wouldn't be funny. And then, yeah, that wouldn't be funny. It just (laughs) made me cringe. Yeah. And then the other, like my other like highlight of the movie was, uh, when Sam Rockwell walks away from Tim Roth at the end of the movie and Sam Roth is just like, and I'm sorry if this offends anybody, but this is just a quote from the movie. Uh, lying on the ground. Turn around, you daft cunt. <laughs> just like, who says that? Yeah. Like, nobody says that. Uh, just, yeah. that. That's one of the things that made me laugh. Uh, but like I was saying, this uh, these particular movies have like an audience and like we weren't that audience. And mm-hmm. I think it, it could have been improved a lot and it could have been an actual solid movie as far as like not the target audience is yeah. that makes sense it, it definitely it, it felt a lot like shane black who did like kiss kiss bang bang mm-hmm. uh the nice guys kind of it, it felt like it was going for that but just kind of fell short for the most part yeah uh i would have loved to see shane black you know take maclandis's script and kind of give oh, it a, a, a run amazing, over actually and Maybe like I, I don't think Paco Cabezas did a bad job directing. I just think I don't the think material. So. I don't he think just, the material just, was there. You know what he worked with was you know yeah. what you can see. <laughs> and if Max Landis ever listens to this, I like you, Max Landis. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really I, I not trying like, to talk shit on yeah, him as hard as I am. I, but. I have no qualms with Max Landis. I just think he has a lot of strong ideas and just doesn't execute them yeah. quite as well as they could be done. Um, but yeah, I mean that's really all I got to say about this this movie. Same. Yeah. So that brings us to the judgment, Glenjamin Bunn, because this is your choice. Will Mister Wright be a shelf boy? Honestly, I'm thinking about it for a good while, man. This, this shelf boy is looking like it's not going to be a shelf boy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know what you're saying. Like we said, like this. There's definitely an audience for this. I'm not mad I watched this. I'm not mad that this movie exists. Yeah. There's very few movies that I am mad that they exist. Um, it's just, it's a f- entertaining 90 minutes. Well, entertaining 60 minutes after an unentertaining 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, 
I in, overall enjoyed myself, but it's just not, you know, not really worth yeah, mentioning ever there's, again. There's worse movies out there than this. This movie yeah. had funny moments, but I didn't feel like I wasted my time completely yeah, watching it. Definitely. So Mr. Wright does not make it onto the shelf and become a glorious shelf boy with all the rest. Damn. Like Kung Fu Hustle and Apostle. Why <laughs> like can't I only ever ones? remember Apostle? I don't know, you literally <laughs> only remember Apostle. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's Mr. Rice is not a shelf boy. That brings us to our plugs for this week. Glenn, again, your episode, mm-hmm, your plugs mm-hmm. first. So, um, I don't know how many people game out there in the real world besides me. I know Mike doesn't. Um, but Mortal Kombat 11 just announced that like a DLC, uh, story, um, which is awesome because that's not what you really expect from a DLC from Mortal Kombat or any fighting game. Mm-hmm. Um, but they announced three new characters, uh, and one of them is RoboCop. And that is Ooh. my plug, is the uh, the trailer for the new DLC, Aftermath. It's kind of like a time heist campaign, it looks like. And they even got uh, Peter Weller to voice uh, his guy, his, nice. his character, nice. RoboCop. So that, cool. that, is my, that is my plug there. Technically, it's called Aftermath, but it's, yeah. it's definitely a time heist. <laughs> so my plug for this week, uh, you know, everyone being locked in. A lot of people are missing theater and plays and musicals and stuff like that. National Theater, I believe it's the United Kingdom National Theater, uh, has put the entirety of both versions of their Frankenstein show oh, wow. with Benedict Cumberbatch and Johnny Lee Miller uh, swapping between the doctor and the monster. So uh, my plug for this week will be both of those versions. Uh, one is obviously with Benedict Cumberbatch as Frankenstein's monster, and the other one is Johnny Lee Miller as Frankenstein's monster, which one I suggest. Uh, honestly, and this is not a dig at Johnny Lee Miller, it's just Benedict Cumberbatch is so great. He's better as both the monster and the doctor. So watch both of them. You'll kind of see, you know, the dynamics change if you can. I mean, that's a, a long time, but so that is, that is Frankenstein on national theaters, YouTube channel. That's theater. That okay. is T R E not T E R. I have beaten death. I made a living thing. Benedict Cumberbatch and Johnny Lee Miller in this electrifying stage production. rest until I desolate your hearts! Frankenstein, directed by Danny Boyle. Did I say Instagram? Because I meant YouTube. Um, I don't know what I said. I don't know what you said either, but now I'm confused. Frankenstein. Frankenstein on YouTube, National Theater. Both shows are great. So, that's my plug. All right. (laughs) So with that being all said and done, that brings us to our assignment for next week. Glenn, we have finally a system for Netflix roulette. I don't know if that's going to be anything good, but we are going to pick the best out of these three spins to be our next our next week's assignment. Are you ready? I am ready, Mike. So I'm going to spin it. Three times. This is the first spin. Too Young the Hero, a 1988 film. Let's see. I'm going to look it up on the IMDb's. 
<coughs> That's T O O Young the Hero. Um, it is it's a war drama. A war drama uh, with no one really of note that I can yeah. tell. It's got pretty um, good rating. Yeah, I'll just read the synopsis real quick. It's got a 6.9 out of 10 rating. Uh, it's the true story of Calvin Graham, who at a young age of 12, but looking quite a lot older, succeeded in joining the Navy during World War II. Uh, it goes on a little bit longer, but I'm, I'm only going to read that part. So Too Young the Hero, that's our first spin. Okay. Our second spin, that's a comedy special, so skipping that one. That is a comedy <laughs> special, so can't that's skip cheating. that one. That's cheating. We can't watch comedy specials. This is a movie review. <laughs> it's a movie review. Oh, okay. Uh, stand up. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, yeah, like an actual stand up comedy special. So, this is a documentary called The Untold Tales of Armistead Mal- Malpin. Jesus. Yeah. It's a documentary. Okay. Also has good reviews. And that is a documentary about the untold story of Armistead Malpin is in the synopsis celebrates one of the world's most beloved storytellers who following his evolution from a conservative son of the old South into a gay rights pioneer whose novels inspired millions to reclaim their lives. That actually sounds very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, So very big possibility, but we have one spin left to go. And it's a movie I've definitely seen. And honestly, if it's, one, if it's one you've seen, you might as well skip it. We'll skip. Well, I'll, I'll just say what it is because it is 2008's Will Smith film Hancock. Oh, yeah, we're skipping it. Hancock is a no. down and out. Oh, so, well. do you want me to spin again or just not? Well, actually, that's, that's probably a bad idea to just skip something we've seen because then it could come yeah. up for a good review. But I think with yeah. the other two, that's a tough call. That is a tough call. We actually got three pretty good spins. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh, how do we de- how do we decide here? I honestly I don't know. All right, I am going to. Hancock will definitely appease more people's uh, ears for us to true. talk about, and it will have a wider audience. Yeah, is that the smart choice? It's the smart choice, but do the other two actually interest us enough to want to review? Um. I don't want to say enough to review. Yeah, true. I worry like, that poorly. Yeah, they're definitely. I'm definitely interested in watching them. Yeah, but I think for the sake of the podcast, we should do Hancock. Okay. <laughs> Hancock. <laughs> Hancock. It is. I do public relations. People don't like you, Hancock. But I look like I care what people think. Right now, there's a DA trying to figure out how to come up here and put you in jail. I say you go. Hmm? He's not gonna go. People take you for granted, you know? We gotta make people miss you. You don't move, your head is going up his head. Jail watch day five, and crime is still on the rise. You got a phone call. It's the chief of police. He says he needs your help. Hancock. How did that happen? <laughs> so Netflix roulette. Netflix roulette has not been kind to us uh, and probably will continue to not be kind to us. We got the king out of that, which is good, I guess. But mm-hmm. So 
Hancock, directed by Peter Berg, written by Vi Vincent No and Vince Vince Gilligan. Really? Really? Vince Gilligan wrote Hancock. Okay. That's different. Very uh, it stars Will Smith, Charlize Theron, Jason Bateman, and Eddie Marzen. Uh, it is about Hancock is a superhero who whose ill-considered behavior regularly causes damage in the millions. He changes when the person he saves helps him improve his public image. Uh, this is a 2008 film. I have definitely seen it. Saw it in theaters in 2008. Um, I don't recall hating it or loving it, so I'm was pretty in the middle about it. Uh, I'm actually very interested to see that Vince Gilligan helped write it. Yeah, that's a whole new set of eyes on this film now. Yeah, definitely. So that is Hancock on Netflix. Netflix sponsor us. We're Please. doing a whole roulette thing, and you've really screwed us over. So the <laughs> least you could do is throw us like five dollars a month. That'd be at great. At least, please, or at least give our subscriptions free. Uh, <laughs> Hancock on Netflix. Uh, that is our next week's assignment. As always, you can check out our website, KeystoneFilmReview.com, on Instagram, Keystone underscore Film underscore Review, Twitter, Keystone underscore Film, Facebook, Keystone Film Review, on Letterboxd, I'm Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we watch Hancock be, or Will Smith be a drunken superhero in Hancock. <laughs> and I had a... Uh, history teacher named Hancock who photoshopped his face onto that poster. That's the that's a interesting big memory for me. Let's watch uh, Drunk <laughs> Superman together. Drunk Superman. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>